What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike, joined this week by my co-host and wife, Kelsey. How are you? I'm great. I'm well-rested. Just got back from vacation. We'll be talking about that later, but first, we're going to get into our best and worst movies for the month of June, and then we'll do a joint movie review for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We'll keep that spoiler-free, and in the trailer park, we'll be talking about a new comedy coming out later this year called Dumb Money. So thank you for being subscribed and listening every single week. Shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew. And now, let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. It is time once again for our best and worst movies of the month for June. Do you want to go first or should I go first this month? I can kick it off. You want to kick it off? What is the best movie you watched in June? It is called Past Lives. Oh, such a good movie. It was unexpectedly just like so heartwarming fun at the same time it was great I, I don't know how else to describe it other than it's not a coming of age it's really just a slice of life story it's an, yeah. a, an a24 drama i guess it is a foreign film but it's part in english part in korean but watching it you really don't there's no barrier at all with the language no. i feel like i've also just gotten so used to subtitles because we turn them on sometimes yeah. at home and we've seen enough foreign films like I've said before on here, I feel like it makes me smarter because I am reading and absorbing and listening at the same time. And not yeah, along those same lines, it forces you to pay a little bit closer attention to every single line of dialogue, which I think is important. I think you take a lot more away from a movie experience like that. So 
I would encourage you, if you are ever hesitant about watching a foreign film because you don't want to read subtitles or think you're not going to understand or fully get the movie, within the first 10 minutes, really, that that's it. And then you're fully in. Yeah, you forget you're watching subtitles. But what Past Lives is about, it's about these two kids, a guy and a girl, who they meet when they're in grade school. They're best friends. They're best friends. And then one of them moves away to the United States, or actually to Canada. Yeah, her family immigrates. And then they don't talk for a very long time and track each other down on the internet. And then the entire movie follows their lives, meeting like a chunk of years every now and then, and you get their updates. And it was just such a unique style of movie. It was so refreshing. And it was so simple in the way it was done that I felt like I'm glad they can still make movies like this that are so simple all it is is great acting, great writing, great cinematography, very straightforward. I believe the entire thing was shot on like on actual film, which gave it that kind of like indie feel to it as well. But no bells and whistles on this movie, just a really good story, very well executed. And I think it will easily have some Oscar contention once that whenever award season comes around. Oh, for sure. And we saw it at our local like indie nonprofit theater, the, the Bell Court in and- Nashville. We were actually just trying to find movies to see that weekend. That was when our AC was out for like 10 days. And we were like, oh, this looks good. Like read the description, sounded good, like enjoyable. But I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. Like I wasn't expecting it to be my favorite movie of the month. And sometimes those are the best movies. When you have no expectations going into it, you just watch it. I knew not a whole lot about it going into it. I'd seen maybe a couple of the actors post about it. But I feel like with any A24 film, there's always like a big backing on it. But that one, I felt really delivered. It was really just so moving. And I rarely get emotional during movies. But there was at least one point in that movie that I was like, oh, I could I could cry here if I really tried. I also feel like this is probably going to be a, a hot button comment. But I think other countries do like slice of life movies better. They do. I really think they do. They do. They really do. Because I'm I, thinking about all the like foreign films that we've seen recently. Past Lives. We saw Worst Person in the World last year. Like All of those movies tugged on my heartstrings in more effective methods than like an American slice of life rom-com. Parallel Mothers was another one. Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of. And I feel like it's because I think one thing is a foreign film has to be really good to get to us. It already has to be top of the top to be able to go worldwide. We're already getting the best and the best when it comes to the foreign films that make it to the United States that are shown in theaters. So I think that has one thing to do with it. But also, I just feel like having somebody tell a story not through the American perspective is so refreshing and you can do it so different that maybe it is more accustomed and more of a norm of how they make movies in different countries to them. But to us, it just feels so new and fresh. And I think I love getting movies from different countries. It also feels like we're getting like untapped talent, which obviously they're yeah. already like probably famous and yeah, that happens. Made it, but it feels again, kind of like a fresh storyline, like fresh talent. Yeah. And I feel like, in America, so much is based on like who is in the movie, what A-list actor is in it. And I feel like when it comes to foreign films, it's all about the story. It doesn't matter who is in it. You just want a really good story and you usually get that. Well, and you also just get such different perspectives of story making and storytelling because you have different 
backgrounds of the directors and the screenwriters. Like if you think about the perspective of like growing up in Europe or Korea, it's going to be a lot different than growing up in the United States. And so you have that like fresh view and Mm -hmm. lens on storytelling. So I, I could almost put that as my number one for the month of June too. But if you haven't seen it yet, you can probably still see it in any independent theater around you. But I was going to say, look up your local like independent theater. Go support them. And if not, it should be on streaming soon. So definitely one to check out. Also, independent theaters tend to have better snack options. That they do. I'm going to say that. Like ours has a great selection. The best in town. Yeah. So support them because they're usually a nonprofit too. Like the Belcourt here does like a film a summer series where they take around like films to like different parks and show like kids like different classics. And I think that's really cool. So if you're ever in Nashville, go to the Belcourt, support the arts. I feel like June was a stacked month. There were so many movies I could have picked from. We saw a lot of movies, so many movies and most of them all in theaters. I feel like the streaming movies haven't really hit for me yet. I still haven't even watched extraction Two. Just because there's been so many good movies to watch in theaters. I haven't even dabbled in the streaming world. I don't feel like you're missing much from Extraction 2. So I feel like there was three movies I could have picked for my number one. But I have to go. The best movie in June was the one we saw right at the start of the month. Into the Spider-Verse. Which is my highest rated movie of the year. And even I think it was because I thought of that movie probably for Almost two weeks straight. Every day I thought about it. I already forgot that was June. Truly, that's how like stacked. Yeah, there's been so many movies. Don't know what month I thought that was. And now I can't wait until it's streaming so we can watch it again. We were talking about just a second ago how that weekend we saw three movies in one weekend because we had no AC and didn't want to be at home. If we wouldn't have gone to see Past Lives, I was going to suggest we go watch Into the or Across the Spider Verse again. Yeah, you loved it that much. And I still stand by. My 4.5 rating, even though everybody was saying it's a complete five, because I think the next one is going to be so much better. As much as I love this one and thought it was the best movie of the month, I still think the one after this will eclipse this one and will be the only one that can rival the original one. But if you are hesitant to watch this movie because it's animated... You got to get over that. The animation style is so cool. It's not like watching a traditional animated movie. Like this versus what we saw the weekend after Elemental was completely different. (laughs) We did go see that. And it's not the, yes, they are both animated movies, but this is in a such a different own world that really pushes the boundaries of animation. Unlike Elemental does. Elemental is just using I feel like just using animation as the medium because that is what Pixar does, but it doesn't really push the envelope on this is where filmmaking can go. It just kind of exists. Although I did like Elemental more than I was expecting to. I feel like it got kind of a rough shake at the box office. Still a pretty good movie, but you can't really put out just good movies like that anymore and expect to make money off of it. So still, my number one goes to Across the Spider-Verse. Marvel's now, really leaning into like the multiverse. Yeah, that's what this whole saga is going to deal with. You got to pay attention. Yeah, you really do. All right, now we'll get into our worst of the month. Worst movie you saw this month. That's easy, The Flash. Speaking Terrible. of multiverse done Terrible. wrong. Yeah, that was one that 
I've never been that bored in a superhero movie before. The only redeeming quality. Oh, I don't know if I can say that. Is that a spoiler? Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, he's in the trailer. <laughs> okay, I just leaned off the mic to whisper <laughs> Michael Keaton. You forget I don't ever watch trailers. I that's just let true, you tell true. me if movies are good. I feel like Michael Keaton was the best part of the movie. I read a whole interesting article over vacation. It was from Cinema Blend about why The Flash failed. And it was because they banked on the wrong nostalgia period, which Michael Keaton was the 89 Batman. And they were saying that everything that's really popping when it comes to nostalgia is like 90s and early 2000s right now. So it kind of missed the mark on selling Michael Keaton as, oh, he's going to be in this movie with The Flash that kind of misses that window of people really caring about him. I was really interested because he is my favorite Batman and just seeing him in that trailer made it feel like it was going to be very epic, but it kind of fizzled out pretty soon on. And I also don't think Ezra Miller was the right No, choice. yeah, they should have recast they're also, them. They're also super problematic just like as a person and actor. I think, because isn't there a Flash? There was a Flash CW show, right? Yeah, that With just Grant, wrapped up. Grant Gustin. It just wrapped up earlier this year. I feel like he would have made a better film Flash. And it's also kind of like, audience burnout a little bit on just a flash character because you have the series and I was then gonna say, yeah. there's been so much talk on this movie for years now. Well, and then it's also like, cause they're doing a super girl movie, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a super girl TV show. Yeah. So I feel like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta stop making TV shows and movies of the same thing. Cause yeah, it is. It's audience burnout. There's only so many ways you can tell a story on the same girl. character. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm saying that as a huge Spider-Man fan and we've had, Every kind of Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> it feels slightly different, though. But Spider-Man is the best superhero of all time, in my opinion. They've also done so well with the casting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got total rock stars in Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and Shameik Moore as the voice of Miles Morales. Like, mm-hmm. you, such strong casting. I feel like they could have done... I know that Flash was in... Was it Justice League? Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have done a recasting in between then. They definitely could have. They really could have. And then, I mean, they paused filming and then Ezra Miller was like off in rehab or something, fixing themselves. And then they were like, we're confident this movie's going to go forward. And I just feel like they could have done a little swap out. It was probably more a financial decision of being so far into it that they couldn't really recast. And it was hard for me for the first time to separate the art from the artist because you're supposed to love the character of the Flash. He's supposed to be very charming and endearing, and you want to root for him. But I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't all. get invested in the character of Barry Allen, and that just took away from me enjoying that movie for the first time like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, one of the most boring superhero movies I've ever seen. Almost fell asleep. It was so close to fall asleep. It was also pretty long too. Yeah, it was. It, it could have been shorter. It could have just maybe not been done. Yeah, I could have gone <laughs> without it. My worst movie for the month of June is one I feel kind of bad not liking it is the Flamin' Hot movie. <laughs> and kind of along the same lines of why I didn't like The Flash is because of the story that came out, which if you don't know, Flamin' Hot is about the quote unquote inventor of the Flamin' Hot Cheetos who Cheetos was scandal. a janitor at Frito-Lay And the entire story about this has been that he invented them while he was a janitor and he was the one behind the entire idea. And then after this movie was announced, there was this big investigation done by this publication that essentially said it wasn't, it didn't go down how he said it did. 
that he didn't actually invent it, and that Frito-Lay never confirmed his story. He just went around and started doing all these motivational speeches because he did end up being like at the head of their marketing as far as selling to Latinos. That he did do, and then he used this story to really kind of be the basis of all his motivational speeches. And over time, like all the people who were there when he first started out in the company were no longer there. So there was really nobody there to confirm or deny that what he was saying was actually true. So this movie, even by director Eva Longoria, has said she made a movie about his truth. And that just makes me feel weird, like that it's his truth. And why I'm so conflicted around this movie is because it's about a Mexican guy and the entire cast is Mexican and it's supposed to be a real celebration of my people. But I couldn't really find myself enjoying the movie because I felt like I had an unreliable narrator. And there are even moments in the movie where they address some things of like that Frito-Lay was working already to develop a spicy snack like that. And even himself in the movie, he makes references to embellishing things and his wife saying, no, this is how it actually happened versus what I said. So I feel like even in the movie, they get dressed that sometimes he exaggerates things. So to make an entire movie about somebody who allegedly invented the Flaming Hot Cheeto, and that is the whole story when it now may or may not be true, and it may only be his word versus Frito-Lay, which they could also be trying to protect themselves because if they say he did invent the Frito-Lay Flaming Hot Cheetos, and then I have, have to pay them a lot more money or, you know, I'm just a huge corporation. They might not want as one person to have all the credit. So watching the movie, I felt that the acting was pretty bad. And I don't know, as a Mexican-American, I feel like whenever our culture is so exaggerated, it just, I don't like the portrayal of it. I love the fact that it was so mainstream. They took this movie to the White House and had a big celebration for it. They did all these things, but I just wish the movie was better. That is why I struggled enjoying that movie. It almost felt kind of like soap opera-ish level of acting and filmmaking. Yeah, so I had those feels while watching this movie, and I gave it a 0.5. I have some thoughts about, not necessarily the movie, but I'm like, we're entering the era of, like, creation of product movies yes we've had air blackberry and now this one now air was amazing blackberry was meh and then you have this one but they can be done well but also now as um newly appointed shark tank aficionados (laughs) i'm kind of here for it yeah which will lead us into our next part of this where we usually give a tv recommendation is you're going to be shark tank i'm going to recommend shark tank because i don't know why i'd never watch shark tank that is surprising to me i know it's shocking it just wasn't on my radar and it was on one day on vacation while we were getting ready for dinner. And I found myself being like, I hope that comes on again tonight. And then we watched like, I don't know, five hours of shark tank on vacation. And we've now watched like three more episodes since and we I, got home. I didn't realize you had never seen it until we got back. Yeah. And then you skipped through and I was like, I'm over here Wikipediaing how everyone got so rich and you're skipping you're like, through the shark tank investor. She's the queen of QVC. I was like, yeah, everybody knows that. You're I like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I watched it probably when it in the first couple of seasons, and then I've just never really thought about it since. But it is a very addicting show, <laughs> and especially since we were just watching whatever was on at the hotel, 
Yeah, it's a show you can just get sucked into and watch an entire hour followed by another hour well, and another hour. And it's fascinating because now we're like, how many products have we either seen or do we own? We watched an episode the other night and I was like, wait, I just bought that product on Amazon. So the show works. But we did we did watch some for just some really bad pitches. Yeah, that's fun too. <laughs> that is fun. Um, my personal favorite was the couple trying to sell a $60 stuffed elephant that you just like set out in the room and there's an elephant in the room. haha. When there's something you need to discuss with your partner. And I'm like, can you imagine if you came home and I just had like the elephant out? I was like, Hey, well not, not the <laughs> elephant. No. <laughs> so yeah, my TV recommendation is short. <laughs> it's a great show and still making new episodes from mine. I find myself going to Apple TV plus now a lot. I was going to say, I think I know what yours is because that would be my other recommendation. It is now like our go-to streaming service, which is weird because before I felt like Apple was just kind of a boutique streaming service. They would put out one show every like six months or so. They had the morning show, which was a pretty good hit early on. But then really kind of, yeah, Ted Lasso was like their show. But now, and they release episodes once a week. So it it had you going back more and more, but hijack right now. Oh, that was yours. I thought it was going to be another one was platonic. Yeah. Both of those shows, I could recommend either one, but hijack with Idris Elba is so good. So good. And again, they're they're only releasing episode by episode and we're on three right now, which is the latest one out, but it just instantly sucks you in. And I, I also feel like with a limited series to me, it feels more like a movie. Essentially, it's a really long movie. They do eight, nine, ten episodes, and it's just one season. I love that. Hijack is only seven episodes. Perfect. Because it's it's about a seven-hour flight that gets hijacked. Yeah. And about what happens. Each episode is an hour of the flight. It's so good. So that is the show I just have to watch every single week right now. Idris Elba is amazing in it. I just feel like he's an amazing actor in he general. Is. Like you could put him in anything and I'll watch it, but like he's so good in this. And I want him to be like a superhero in this TV show. I want him to be his character from the Suicide Squad. And I'm like, "Oh no, it's a different type of show." Yeah, it's it's really 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 good. And the other show is Platonic with Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, and and uh Luke McFarlane. And it's not a super hilarious laugh your butt off type of show. It's a slow burn. It took us about two episodes and by the third one we were laughing and now we're like oh i can't wait to watch that and it's almost the season finale it's very comforting ridiculous crude if you're into those type of shows basically if you like seth rogan if you love seth rogan and rose byrne and neighbors you'll yeah, like it that's exactly yeah that's exactly what i would compare it they're to. such a good i feel like they're such a good tag team because rose byrne is one of the most multifaceted actresses in my opinion her one of her first roles was that show on FX, Damage. Mm-hmm. She's in a Damages lot. with Glenn Close. Show was creepy. It was good. Um, she is the most iconic character in my favorite movie, Bridesmaids. Helen. She's Helen in the Harris. Insidious franchise. Insidious just had the third one out. I mean, she's just been in everything. Neighbors, like she can do comedy really well and drama. I feel like an underappreciated actor. She's great. So yeah, watch Platonic. It's funny. Just like dumb funny, I feel like. Apple also has the best visual presentation. It's so it's so good that it like messes our TV up every it's so time. Crit- it's too good. It's too good. Truly, our TV like glitches when we it, start it. It's too 4K. It's My other honorable crisp. mentions for movies, I love the Stan Lee documentary on Disney+, Plus, which a lot of hardcore comic book nerds had a lot of issues with that because of them not thinking that Stan Lee deserves all the credit. It should go to the artist who actually drew all them. 
I wasn't really getting into that controversy. I just think Stanley is awesome. And hearing the entire Marvel story and seeing it play out in that documentary, really enjoyable if you are a big Marvel fan. I also rewatched Venom 1 and 2 for no particular reason other than we're just trying to find something mindless to watch whenever we didn't have AC. Yeah, you can't watch anything that you really have to pay attention to when you're that uncomfortable. That is true. So those, I still enjoy the first one. The second one really doesn't hold up as much as we as in, I enjoyed it when it came out in theaters, but I'm still interested in watching a part three to that. I would I would like to just interject quickly and say, I know we've talked a lot about not having AC and it sounds like we're probably whining, but it was 10 days without 10 it. 10 days. And if you've ever been to Tennessee, it's not as much the heat it is as it is the humidity. It was stifling in here. And I work from home, so I'm just like <laughs> sweating all day long. We were both, we got to a point where we were, we were just grumpy. Like, I don't know if anyone has heard the Brene Brown thing where like you tell your partner, like I have 10 today. You have to provide the 90. We were like negative 10 every day. There was no like supplementing. There's no energy. We just kind of looked at each other and we were like, I'm in a really bad mood. Like, let's just like not, let's just coexist for a week. So yeah, you can't, you can't be, you can't watch a movie you need to enjoy. It was just like lay there and try not to think about how sweaty we were. And there are some other movies we watched on vacation, which the fun thing about watching movies on cable is you can really tell- You never know what's coming on next. Yeah, you can really tell if a movie is good or not because you never started from the beginning. You just catch it at a random time. Yeah. But we watched Independence Day, which I feel still holds up minus some of the CGI. It looks very 90s, but still a good movie, especially one on the 4th of July. We watched Toy Story 2. I think people- like that one more than the original one i feel like toy story 2 is a little bit forgettable i woke up talking like woody the next day i think i said the words root and toot one more <laughs> i was like oh where God. did that come from we also watched x-men 2 the og x-men which that one is still pretty good i feel like those don't really get enough credit as being really instrumental in the early days of marvel and the introduction of superheroes really into the mainstream and it had me excited to see hugh jackman in deadpool 3 but then we also watched X-Men First Class, and bad. that movie is boring. Bad, bad, bad. I don't know what they ended up doing with all the X-Men movies, but they got so boring. So boring. That one was pretty bad. Literally nothing happened in like an hour, and I was out. But those are our recommendations. We also fell asleep one night to Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Oh, yeah, but we had actually just rewatched those not too long ago. So I'm just saying. Didn't feel bad about that. We watched it. But we're going to come back and talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yes. I'm raising my hand. Yes. Can I give uh, book recommendations? Yeah. Okay. My two book recommendations are one called No Two Persons. Phenomenal. Highly recommend it. I gave it five stars. So good. It's about how it's about this one book and how it affects like nine people differently. And it's just about how like media and like different forms of art books movies tv affect everyone differently like depending on your life story and like how you're viewing the book phenomenal phenomenal and then one called beyond that the sea it's a world war ii book as you all know my favorite genre mm -hmm. um it's about a girl whose parents sent her to america during world war ii to be safer and how she kind of like integrates into this american family sees them in her as her own for years and then goes back to London and about her growing up over there, but still her ties to her American family. Really heartwarming. Highly recommend them both. So there you go. You got movies, TV shows, and books. One-stop shop here at this podcast. And we'll come back and talk about Indiana Jones 5. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Gonna get into a spoiler-free movie review now. Let's talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But before we get into our thoughts on this movie, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself as an Indiana Jones fan going into this movie. Two. Yeah, I was about, I I would say maybe a three. I think the Indiana Jones ride at Disney World made me interested. Oh, really? Or like there's an attraction. Maybe it's not a ride. I don't know. We saw some Indiana Jones thing and that made me. But other than that, I, I could have lived without seeing one, I thought. I've never been to Disney World, so I don't have that experience. No, I knew you were going to say that. But I've also, I feel like we were talking about earlier of the Flash missing its kind of window of nostalgia I kind of missed out on Indiana Jones being like my thing. Like if I were going to be nostalgic about an adventure movie, it would be National Treasure and people would call me <laughs> dumb for that. But I will, I will be the people. But like that is what I seek out when I want a historical action thriller. Like I think of Nicolas Cage in National Treasure 1 and 2. And I know that Indiana Jones is so highly regarded among the film community as being some of the best movies of all time. Well, like 70s and 80s to me just kind of misses that window of me growing up with them. So as much as I love Harrison Ford and feel like he is a great actor and somebody who has been in so many iconic movies has all these iconic characters. I wasn't so much excited to see him return as Indiana Jones because I don't really have a relationship with Indiana Jones as being one of my favorites. But you know what I love? I love the finales of anything. I watched that finale of what's that show you like on ABC, the drama a million little things. A million little things. Never seen an episode of that show, but I love the finale of something. And this is the last time you he's going to be Indiana Jones at the age of 80. You watched the finale of The Big Bang Theory. Yes. I just love finales. You do love a finale. I like to see how stories come to a close. Whether I've been invested in it or not, I just want to see how do you wrap it all up? Except you watching the finale of A Million Little Things made me think you might not have heart because it was sad and you didn't cry. I don't think I have heart. I'm (laughs) trying to find it. It's not in there. But what Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is about 
Harrison Ford is back as the daredevil archaeologist. And better than ever. And back into his life is his goddaughter played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which I always just want to say Phoebe Bridgers. Two very different people. Very different people. And they are trying to find the Dial of Destiny, which is this historical artifact that has the ability to change the course of history. By telling you where there's fissures in time and then you can like travel back in time. A great concept. At the very start of this movie, it was kind of hard for me to get into the visual aspect because it starts out with a young Harrison Ford and they used essentially like an AI photo replacing technology where they were able to de-age him and make him look younger. It was like him being like Indiana Jones originally. But it looked weird to me. Did it look weird to you? No, because I was so focused on the fact that I didn't know the movie dealt with World War II, (laughs) and I was so excited. See, for me, I felt like it was like a video game. Like his his face looked- You love video games. I know, but I felt like I was watching the storyline in a video game. His face was so digitized ageless he didn't have a single wrinkle that it, and it was very vfx heavy in that opening sequence now i get it he's 80 years old he's not going to be doing all the stunts he's not going to be doing any of the fight scenes or anything like that so it was just hard for me to get into the look of it but aside from that i felt the opening 20 minutes of this movie was really solid i leaned over to you and i was like i'm already so much more entertained than i expected to be it just gets right to it and i felt this entire movie had Such good pacing that I look for in an adventure movie because it's, here's a big moment. Here's all these things going down. They're trying to achieve, essentially unlock one piece of the puzzle. And then that happens. And then you move into a little bit of story, a little bit of dialogue, building into the next thing. And then the next big action action sequence starts. So it just keeps going. I didn't even want to get up to go to the bathroom. I had to once, but I was like, I don't want to miss anything. I had the same problem (laughs) because it is a longer movie. about two two and a half hours. Yeah, so... But it didn't feel like two and a half hours to me. I think it was so engaging and entertaining throughout the entire thing that I was pleasantly surprised. And it could also be that I had such low expectations, I would say, going into it because I I didn't have any interest in it really aside from just wanting to see how they wrap it all up. It did make me think, though, since they were able to de-age him and other movies have used footage of actors who have passed away We're thinking Fast and the Furious. Yeah. So will we get to a point where actors are able to just license their image and they use AI to fill in the gaps? Maybe they just go in kind of like they would an animated movie and just record their dialogue. And then they just AI the actor in throughout the entire thing. This was the first time I really thought that it could be a possibility because throughout the entire movie, there was so much use of his stunt doubles and just putting his face onto the stunt double that I felt like we could get to that point. But aside from that, I was fully into the entire Indiana Jones concept in this movie. I also love that they made knowing about history cool. Like he's an archaeologist and he has all this knowledge on history and loves it so much that I feel like if a kid watched this one and hadn't seen any other Indiana Jones movie, they would think it's cool because- They probably want to go back and watch the others because they do make it fun. It's not like watching the History Channel. They make it fun and engaging and anything that can get across the idea that being smart is cool, I'm all for it. 
So I thought the action was good. The only thing that made it hard for me to watch was, again, all this heavy use of CGI. There were also some lines in the movie that made a lot of people in the theater LOL, which... The theater was packed. It was packed. And this was the second weekend of this movie. And I know the big headline that came out after its opening weekend was that it, quote unquote, bombed because it didn't make a whole lot of money. Fourth of July is a hard time of year to put a movie out because if you do it on the weekend of Fourth of July, people are probably traveling and doing things outside and they're not going to go see a movie. But like if you put it out even like during the week after, yeah, it's just a weird, it's a weird time to put a movie out. And that's what we were saying earlier. There have been so many movies coming out. Like this came out at the end of June. It's also like people only have a certain amount of money that they dedicate to going out to the movies. Get and, that Regal Unlimited pass. That, there you go. And then you have all these blockbusters coming out one after another, one after another. And I feel like the Disney issue is, why go see this in theaters if you can wait another month and a half or so and it's out on Disney Plus? But really, again, this is not sponsored by Regal. If they would like to, we are here for it. But we would not see as many movies as we do if we didn't have that. Yeah. We would... I think we got our thing, the, an email the other day that showed that just this year we've saved like $600, which is an insane amount of money to save. Yeah. Because I mean, we truly, it's $26 a month per person and we probably see like nine, 10 movies a month on that. It's, it really saves us a lot of money. It saves us a lot of money. And that's that's our hobby. That's, that's our thing to do on the weekend. But the movie is now- all, Back to the actual movie. Almost made back its money. It costs $300 million to make. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Harrison Ford is because we were talking about how I didn't realize it was a Lucas film. And we're mm -hmm. like, wow, he put himself into two Lucas franchises. He got an Indiana Jones and then Star Wars is Han Solo. And I'm like, wow, pretty impressive. It's yeah. kind of like Zoe Saldana being in yeah. Marvel and Avatar. I mean, he's been playing Indiana Jones for over, I think, 40 years or right at 40 years. And this is his last one. I feel like. I was expecting more. I don't want to ruin it, but I was expecting a different outcome for Indiana Jones and it to be a little bit more like, wow. Like, I had no expectations, so I was pleased. And that is just me rating it as a finale of something. As far as a conclusion of a character's story, I felt like they could have done better. To the real hardcore fans of Indiana Jones, I think you'll enjoy it. I have seen a lot of people's dads really love this movie. And I feel like that is what our theater was filled with. Whenever Harrison Ford said the line, hold my horse, a lot of people laughed in the theater. Yeah, And so I feel like if you're just a diehard fan of Indiana Jones and you want to relive moments from your childhood through this character, I think it was a really well done movie. There was a lot of nostalgic fun in it. And this isn't a spoiler, but there's one scene where like, everyone pulls out their guns as a weapon and Harrison Ford gets out his whip and you're just like, oh yeah, like Indiana Jones is so old school. <laughs> so yeah, I think I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I was expecting it to, but I don't know that it moved the needle on me wanting to go back and revisit all those movies like I did whenever the one came out with Shia LaBeouf. That, is, that was my introduction to Indiana Jones and then I went back and watched the original one. So that is my relationship with this franchise. See, that would, it makes me want to go back. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, they're all on Disney Plus now. All right. Here's our plan for the week. All right. So what would you give Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I'm going to give 
it a four out of five. Oh, really? I was highly entertained. I couldn't really give it a four because I feel like a four is a movie that's going to be cemented with me for a while. See, you and I rate movies differently. You rate movies the way I rate books. Movies to me are more just my entertainment, whereas movies to you are like your thing and books are my thing. So we have a different yeah, pure, perception. Pure entertainment value. Like it is it's great. Like you go into it, you have a good time watching this movie. But when it comes to the legacy of the franchise and what it was being built up towards, I just don't think that the most hardcore fan is going to look at this one and think this is the best thing they could have ever done to close out Indiana Jones. If there was one more after this, if this was a stepping stone to them rebooting the franchise, I think that would have been a better move. But as far as concluding his entire story, I don't really think they got it. It's a really entertaining and fun movie, but not the ending I was expecting. So for Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, I give it 3.5 out of 5 airplanes. All right. Also, I would like to say earlier, you referenced something and you said, someone may call me dumb. And I said, you are dumb. I would like to say, please, no one come for me on Reddit for that. <laughs> I was agreeing with him. Um, I did learn one of my friends sent me a screenshot. <laughs> Somebody out there <laughs> thinks that I am the B word and that I mean to you because I once called your opinion about Johnny Knoxville, how he should be Oscar nominated. Stupid. And to that person, I would just like to say, have you never told your partner they had a dumb opinion? <laughs> I'm not I'm not mean to them, I promise. Also, I do a <laughs> podcast where I make a bunch of weird takes on things and take weird claims. I expect it. So I'm just putting that out there, please. No one come for me and that I agreed with you. And that I don't even remember what it's about earlier, yeah. but I just remember <laughs> that I said, you said someone's going to think I'm dumb. And I said, I'll say you're dumb. And then I was like, oh no, someone's going to call me a name on Reddit again. Oh, it's when I reference it to liking National Treasure more than I like Indiana Jones. Yeah, see, that's on par with like the Johnny Knoxville comment. I stand by that. All right. <laughs> I still think it's a good theater experience. It really helped me escape reality. And I think that is the sign of a good movie. I feel like you could take your kids. Oh, yeah. And they could enjoy it too. Like, I feel like it's a good like family blockbuster because I feel like the rest of the month isn't necessarily family mm -hmm. movies. Like we've got Mission Impossible, Barbie, Oppenheimer. It gets dark pretty quick in July. <laughs> so I feel like if you're looking for still kind of that, I feel like June is a family blockbuster month. And then July, you kind of hit the like more adult focused blockbusters. Because throughout this movie, I found myself really transported into the world that I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was just thinking, how are they going to get out of this situation? How are they going to get out of this situation? And I think that is a sign of a good movie. So... Yeah, it was fun. I agree, but I still think National Treasure is a better franchise than Indiana Jones. Come at me. That is why you loved going to Washington, D.C. Yeah. We had to go see the Declaration of Independence, except we went to the wrong place one day. But then we, we made it there. We made it there, but I I was thinking it was at a museum and it's at the library. And I forgot about that. I was more interested because of National Treasure, aside from its real historical value. No, you were literally like everything. You'd be like, this was a National Treasure. And I'm like, or this is like the birthplace <laughs> of a nation and its history. But all right. Yes, I'm National like, Treasure. Nick Cage stood right there. I also reenacted the scene from Captain America. So that was just a movie tour for me. <laughs> I I was sad because I learned Night at the Museum was modeled after a New York museum, not DC. I was thinking Night at the Museum was after one of the Smithsonian's. And I got a little sad because I do love Night at the Museum. <laughs> to New York we go. <laughs> All right, we'll come back and do the trailer part. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. 
It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. I want to talk about a movie called Dumb Money. I love me a comedy right now, and this one has some potential. That's what I say about every comedy that comes out. It always has the potential looking at the trailer, but this one is interesting because it's based on a true story. Back in 2021, there was these... People on the internet who made GameStop the hottest company, essentially, after one guy posted a video and then Reddit went crazy with it. They were going to take this stock to the moon. And some people made a lot of money off of this. And some people also lost a lot of money on this. And it's so recent that I have conflicting feelings on this movie because it just happened in 2021. The movie's coming out in 2023. Essentially, the story isn't complete yet, but at least that first initial part sounds interesting enough by the looks of this trailer. And I remember as it was happening, I remember the entire situation with GameStop. I kind of forgot about it a little bit at this point, what ended up as the final result. So as of now, I don't really want to do a lot of deep diving into what happened with the situation, what's going on with it now, because now that the movie is made, I want the movie to teach me everything. And by the looks of this trailer, by the looks of the cast and the director, I think it could actually be pretty good. I don't think it's going to be, even though they are pitching it as a comedy, a really funny movie. I feel like it's going to have a little bit more of the social network vibes where there are some funny elements to it. There's some comedic people in this, obviously. But I really hope they drive the drama home a little bit more in this movie and really do the story justice, even though essentially just happened a couple years ago. So before I get into more about what I think about the movie, which is coming out on September 22nd, here's just a little bit of the Dumb Money trailer. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. 70,000 people watched this video. GameStop, those shares not stopping. Those stock is only going to go up. When they hit, I'm going to buy you a mansion. Let's drink to that. Babe, how much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. And yesterday? Four million. And yesterday? A billion. 
That is a lot of money. So Dumb Money is essentially the ultimate David and Goliath story. What I was saying earlier, it's based on a true story. Just these regular people flipped the script on Wall Street and got rich by turning GameStop into the hottest company in the country where everybody was just buying it up. Paul Dano plays the main character in this movie who is named Keith Gill. He is the one who started the whole thing by sinking his life savings into GameStop and then posting about it. Wall Street put money into it and thought it was going to be an easy money situation, but didn't expect all these other people to be on Keith's side and start investing in it the same way he did. They all got rich and all the people on Wall Street who invested their money trying to make a quick buck ended up losing billions of dollars as we heard in that trailer. But then of course... As we also see in that trailer, the billionaires fight back. It looks like Paul Dano's character gets sued. And maybe all of these people don't end up with the millions of dollars that they made off of GameStop. Again, I don't really want to Google anything more at this point, And I want to wait to see it on September 22nd. But looking at this cast, I really think that is what's making me interested in this movie. Paul Dano, I feel, is a very underappreciated actor. I loved him as the Riddler in The Batman. He was also really great in The Fablemans and has done a lot of really good movies throughout his entire career. But maybe he is an actor that you know his face but don't entirely know his name. I've known him for a very long time now. I remember seeing him in a movie called The Girl Next Door back in 2004 because my cousin said I bared a striking resemblance to Paul Dano. And I said on my Instagram story in a recent Q&A, if there was an actor to play me in a movie Mike movie, it would be Paul Dano. And I know he is not Mexican, but he just looks like me, especially in the Batman where he has the same clear glasses that I wear. So I would give him a pass on that. But if we could maybe merge Paul Dano with another Mexican actor and them two have a baby, that would be the perfect me in a movie. But anyway, I just think he's a great actor. So I'd be cool with him playing me. But also in this movie, you have Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, America Ferreira, Nick Offerman, Anthony Ramos, Sebastian Stan, Shailene Woodley, and Seth Rogen. That is a stacked comedic cast. And sometimes I get worried when you throw a bunch of A and B list actors into a movie. But I haven't really seen the marketing of this movie so focused on all the stars. It is really focusing on the story. So I think that is going to help this. It's not going to feel like what happened to me when I went to go watch Amsterdam and that turned into a total mess. I really think this movie has a lot more substance than that. And especially because you have a pretty reputable director behind this movie, Australian director Craig Gillespie, who most notably has done Cruella, which was a really good Disney live action movie. Wasn't a remake, so I really enjoyed that one more than I was expecting. He also did I, Tonya, Lars and the Real Girl back in 2007, Fright Night in 2011, and he also did the Pam and Tommy show on Hulu, so maybe that is where he built his relationship with Sebastian Stan, who was also in this movie. So just based on his resume, I feel like he is the one to take on this story, and I kind of feel like movies like this are having a bit of a resurgence with... Air being such a big deal earlier this year. There was also a Blackberry movie that was pretty good. I enjoyed that one. So I feel like maybe biographical comedy dramas are back. Still, probably The Social Network, The Wolf of Wall Street are my favorite when it comes to this category. I don't think this movie is going to be on that level. It's not screaming Oscar-worthy performance to me, but I love stories like this. I'd be probably more interested if this movie was being made 10 years from now where all the details were out there. 
but I'm still down to go in on this ride. I love movies about money, especially dumb money. So again, this movie is coming out on September 22nd, 2023. I will be there. You can bet your money on it. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here of the podcast. But before I go, I got to give my listener shout out of the week. How do you get a listener shout out of the week? Well, you can send me a DM on Instagram or now on threads. I'm over there posting the most unhinged content out of any social media platform that I'm on. So follow me on threads or send me a tweet at Mike Distro if you are still there. But I feel like Twitter is about to become the mall that we all used to go to. And it was already feeling that way to me ever since Elon Musk took over and tried to change things and try to make it better. But I just feel like I would post things over there and nobody would really notice. Nobody would really interact. So I am really loving threads right now. I get on there probably more than I do even Instagram or TikTok just because I feel that it's new and fresh and maybe I'll get tired of it in another week or two. But I'm posting a lot over there. So hit me up on threads to get your listener shout out. Let me know you're listening to this week's episode. But for this week's listener shout out, I'm actually doing somebody I met in person, which is always the coolest thing to me when I meet somebody who actually listens to the podcast in the real world. It makes the entire thing feel real. And we were talking about it earlier, but on vacation, I met listener Jessica and her family. They were staying at the same hotel that we were. And Jessica, you said you were a big fan of the show and the podcast. So appreciate you listening. It was great to meet you in probably the most unique location I've ever met somebody. It was called Monkey Rock, which is essentially at the very top of this hike where all these big rocks are. And there's one that looks just like a monkey, but you can overlook the entire town of Incline Village and you can see the lake in all its glory and that is where I met listener Jessica and her family so completely unexpected but it was great to run into you you are this week's listener shout out of the week and for everyone else part of the movie crew I hope you have a great rest of your week and until next time go out and watch good movies and I will talk to you later this is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.